It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, y'all. Rocking and rolling inside the 1 o'clock hour on the fan as we proceed. Everybody's talking about LeBron James online, so of course we're going to talk about LeBron James on air. This is New York City. This is WFAN. This is Sports Talk Radio. This is Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. I'm a LeBron fan. How could I not be? I'm also a Jordan fan. I'm also a Kobe fan. How could I not be? If you watched basketball over the last... 20, 30 years like I did, it's hard to hate on these guys. And I'm definitely not letting y'all call up and hate on LeBron tonight. When I talk about LeBron as the most decorated, this guy was rookie of the year, right? We can, we can like, stop talking about the high school stuff because it seems like that doesn't carry weight with you guys. It does to me. I watch all of these kids that are hyped up. And look at these kids now coming out of high school with NIL deals. We don't know what they're going to be. He was tabbed the chosen one in high school, won the state championship, went straight to the league, became rookie of the year on the all-rookie team. He's been doing this for 20 years, since 2003. 20 years, he's 38. He's been doing it from age 18 to 38 and been great every year. He was the most dominant player for so many years. He's a four-time MVP, three-time All-Star Game MVP, six-time All-Defensive Team. He's been an all-star 18 times. This guy was the assist champ in 2019-2020. What year was Jordan getting the most assists? That's what I'm talking about. Decorated basketball player. Not just a scorer. Not just a champion. Not just a winner. Not just clutch. He has his clutch moments. He has his wins. He has his four championship rings. He has his scoring title. In 2007, 2008, and now he has the all-time scoring record. This is a historic night. This is a night I'll always remember. I'm blessed that I'm even on air in New York City on WFAN the night this happens. Because years from now, when we look back, I'll be able to say, yeah, I went to work that night knowing it was LeBron night. Knowing it was a hoops night. Knowing LeBron was going to do it. The first thing I did was come in here and turn to TNT. We're going to celebrate LeBron James as long as I'm on air. Connor will come up at 2 o'clock. If he doesn't want to do that, he doesn't have to. But we're all witnesses. LeBron James, yes, the king. We're going to put respect on his name. We're not going to talk about other eras. We're not going to talk about the past. Because for everything you can say about the past, I can counter. Right? You guys act like this social media digital era doesn't like like weigh on these guys. It does. It absolutely does. Right, We're hearing all this Kyrie stuff. If there was no Twitter, Kyrie wouldn't have the biggest issue that has been following him this year. You just heard him talk about the anti-Semitic stuff. If there was no Twitter, he wouldn't have been able to be dumb enough to just post a link to a video or a movie with a bunch of 
anti-Semitic stuff into it. He would have avoided that. He could have avoided that if he used his head. LeBron doesn't do that. LeBron's got a huge Twitter following, a huge Instagram following. He's got a media company. He's got multiple platforms, whether it's the barbershop, whether it's uninterrupted. He's a machine. He's a business, a marketing machine, on top of being the best basketball player on the floor majority of the time and still going. He's going to have 40,000 points when it's all said and done. We might see him play with his son. So when you actually look at what he did with his time, right, he didn't step out of the game. And I love MJ. I'm telling you, I don't know how many pairs of Jordans I've had in my life. When I was a kid, I had all the Bulls gear. I was a Bulls fan. I liked all of the documentaries, movies. It doesn't matter. Space Jam, Last Dance, whatever. Dream Team stuff. Love Jordan. But did Jordan love the game that much? Not like LeBron. He said, I'll go play baseball. I'm going to retire. Come back. Change my number. Come on. Nah, whatever. LeBron loved the game, and the game loved him back. And he's the greatest we've seen in this game of basketball. And he's still doing it. And we get to watch it. Living legend. A walking movie. And yeah, like I said, it'll hit different 30 years from now. I hope I'm alive 30 years from now. I remember I told him on the fan, LeBron, bro. Like, we're not going to see this again. We're not going to see this again. I I feel comfortable saying that. We're, we're, We're not going to see somebody come into the league. You can't. They're not coming into the league out of high school anymore. We're not going to see someone come into the league and do what LeBron has done. Not even close and not not taking the scoring title away from him. So just appreciate it. Just enjoy it. I'm an all-around sports fan. I loved watching Aaron Judge chase history. I love seeing him get it done. I, I feel blessed that I was in Yankee Stadium and I've watched a ton of his home runs. Someone asked me that recently. How many home runs did you see from Judge's 62? I'm like, I don't know. A lot. 10, 15, 20, a, a few. It's history. And we're living it. And there's, you know, history in the past that we didn't get to live. I didn't see Kareem set the record. I didn't see uh, Maris hit 61. But I did live to see Justin this year, Judge, and now LeBron. And they are two great examples of athletes who have it all, who have the money, the fame, and they're still good guys, good human beings. They still care about other people, their family, and setting the right examples. 877-337-6666. Down in Asbury Park, let's talk to my guy Dwight on the fan. What's up, Dwight? He is 1,610 points short of 40K. You don't think he'll get there before? You don't think he'll get there before the end of his career? I think he's set on that. Yeah. I want to see him catch. I want to see him catch John Stockton for most of fifth. Yeah, that'd be crazy. He's like fourth now or fifth now. Didn't he just pass uh, Nash? He passed Nash and Mark Jackson in the Garden. He did that on purpose. He didn't play in Brooklyn. He knew he was gonna pass those guys and make history in the Garden. Yeah, he's fourth right now behind Chris Paul, Jason Kidd, John Stockton. I don't know oh, if man, he's gonna be able to this eat this. Was, this Maybe was five. Beyond insanity. He could he could break two major marks before his career is over. Right. So how are you going to say he's not the goat if he has all the buckets and all the assists? I'm like, it's crazy. It is nuts that people want to hate on Braun 
And it's like, this dude, I don't care. You can say that the game changed from officiating, the style of play, whatever. He adapted his game. It's like you can't you can't be hate the hate you can't hate the player hate the game. Hey, who's gonna who who's gonna all of these guys that are playing now? Who you think is gonna catch him? In points? Yeah. No one. It's not gonna happen. They don't play enough. These guys don't. That's what I'm saying. They're not available enough. What? Wait. What? What about Steph? Steph. Steph is. I mean. I don't know where Steph ranks. Let me look up the the ranks. But Steph is also hurt every year. I don't think Steph is catching him. LeBron James, nah, nah. Like KD, if KD wasn't hurt all the time, you know, I think KD's gonna have longevity. He could have. Nah, nobody's catching him. There's nobody. Nobody's catching him. I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking. I'm like, nah. No, nobody. James Harden, no, it's not happening. Hey, I was talking with your guy, Brian Rascona, last night about mobile quarterbacks. I was telling him, when Vic was doing this stuff in L.L., everybody held his mobility against him and wanted him to be a pocket passer. Now everybody is talking about you have to be mobile to play in this game. Oh, well, he was ahead of his time. The game has changed. I love watching Vic. I tried to be Vic when I was playing quarterback at Ocean Township High School. I mean... And now then, and then I um, brought up um um Randall and um, Randall, Randall Cunningham, Cunningham weapon John Elway. You have I mean, to when, when you have to be it, able. Everybody held that against him. You have to be able to run because now these linebackers and these DNs are running four or five. They're fast. You can't like the days of the pocket passer. It's changed some, right? You know Tom Brady. He's cooked. He's done. He's retired. You can't stand there like a statue. Even if you're in the pocket, you have to be able to move in the pocket. You have to be able to step up in the pocket. These quarterbacks, like Matt Ryan, you're done. There's no, there's no room for you in this NFL. These guys are not. You know, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is different. He's got mobility more than people give him credit for. He can move in the pocket. But these guys that you see running the ball, like Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, if they can stay healthy. That's just the future of the NFL. It's where it's going. Uh, it's it's the way that the quarterback has to be for for the offense to be dynamic. You can't be a sitting duck. You can't be a Joe Flacco. Yeah, but um, even um, Lamar Jackson, they, people are still saying that he needs to be a pocket passer. Not bad for a running back. They don't give him credit. Yeah. He can throw the ball. They don't give him credit. We'll, we'll see what happens with his situation in Baltimore. But he can he can throw the football. Um, their offense is not designed for him to be throwing the football to the receivers as much. He can hit his tight end. He can check it down. And then when he had Hollywood Brown, he was lighting it up with him. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I just think for, you need to be mobile. 42 against the Colts. Mm-hmm. That was a career high. They got a new he won an MVP. offensive coordinator. He won an MVP in this league. Lamar, Lamar is... Lamar is, is legit. I hope they figure out the the contract situation with him over there and that he gets back on the field. I think he learned a lot this season watching, and um, I look forward to seeing him get back to doing what, what he does. You know, even with, like, Russell Wilson, he's lost some mobility. He's not the same quarterback now. Thanks for the call, Dwight. I didn't catch too much of Rascona. I heard Rascona as I was driving home, which I'm dreading to drive home. Like, I hate to complain. But I didn't go to sleep till like four, four thirty in the morning, 
because now my ride home is 30 minutes versus 15. So that's 15 minutes longer that you have to be like locked in and engaged behind the wheel late at night. And then by the time I get home, I'm like wired. Like I can't come down in an hour. I need at least 90 minutes to come down. And that's because they closed the Holland Tunnel. I, w- I would usually be home and like world record. Man, my show would end. My show would end like 154, 155. If there's no traffic, world record, I'd be parked in my garage 210. So like 15 minutes, 16 minutes max, I would skate out of here. Now I got to go through the Lincoln Tunnel at night. And then when I got home last night, I just couldn't go to sleep. And that then that changes the next day. And tonight, I'm just going to have to hit the melatonin on the way out because I have a five-hour show that starts at 7, and I can't sleep until 11 o'clock, uh, you know. But don't, don't envy me or don't pity me. <laughs> just sharing my experience, just sharing my experience. So I listened to a little bit of Riscona last night talk about Kyrie, and I think he mentioned something I wanted to call in about. Oh, it was about the different options that the Nets had as far as where to trade him. And I laughed because he was like, you know what I would do? I'd bring him in. I'd pretend to be his friend. And, I, and I'd say, hey, let, let us help you. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? The Lakers? Okay. I'd let him think that that's where I was going to send him. And I'd send him to the opposite. I remember Friday night when I had my show, I didn't want to smoke more than an hour talking about Kyrie. I don't want to waste more than the first hour of my five-hour show talking about Kyrie. And I was like, if they must trade him, Send him to Siberia. Don't send him to the Lakers. Don't put him back with LeBron. Well, they put him with Luka, and they put him with Jason Kidd. We'll see how that works. But, yeah, for uh, Riscona, uh, the uh, Josai, they were not. They, they came out that Josai was set on not sending him to the Lakers where he wanted to be. And the Phoenix Suns offer was trash. They were offering up CP3, who's old, washed, and Jay Crowder, who hasn't played this year. Um, the only option was to send him to the Dallas Mavericks, and I think that was a good package that they got back for him because you get Spencer Dinwiddie, a former Net that most Nets fans liked when he was here and thought he was gone forever. He's part of the old regime, regime, so we're restoring the feeling with him. Uh, DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith, who is a 3-and-D wing. You heard KD say it. It's a wings league. The Nets have, have lacked wings in the past few years with the size to guard guys and make an impact. And then you get some picks and that's don't have enough picks. And I know they're picks for six, seven years down the road, but whatever you, you can use them. Maybe they use them. It's now Wednesday. The trade deadline is tomorrow. Maybe they use them and uh, get Ben Simmons out of here. Let's go to Allen in Rockland County on the fan. What's up, Allen? Hey, how are you? Just a few quick points. One, on Cashman, I just would want to know, would would you think he ever be brave enough to come on with you? And do you think he went to Chicago because he was mad that Steve Cohen was getting all this ink when the Yankees actually went further, even though expectations are different? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm at the level yet where Cashman would come on with me. I'm also on at night. I don't think Cashman will be on any of my shows. But he has been on Carton and Roberts. I think he has been on maybe even Tiki and Tierney or The Morning Show. He should pop back up and come on, but he's not going to. They're going into spring training. I just did not like the fact that, one, he was on Chicago radio talking about our fan base, and I get it, the line of questioning, right? I didn't listen to the whole interview, but I heard C-Mac talk enough about it, defending Cashman. The line of questioning was basically like, 
Chicago with the Cubs and the White Sox and what they did this offseason, looking at New York and saying, oh, your fans must be thrilled that you re-signed Aaron Judge and brought in Carlos Rodon. And then Cashman decided to give them extra information. Like, oh, well, I was out to lunch with my son and Omar Minaya, my special assistant, and this is the conversation we had. That's what pissed me off. He gave them extra information, and it wasn't good information. He gave them extra information in another city, speaking about the fans in this city, as if we overreact to their shortcomings, as if he didn't get swept out of the first round or swept out of the uh, second round. The first round should have been easier. They should have beat the Guardians in three games. It, they took them to five. So, like, what are we talking about, Cash? Like, this is the New York Yankees, the 27-time world champions. You stop. You got to stop acting like you're just happy to get in the dance like the Padres. Like, this is not the Padres. You have so many resources here in New York. You have the greatest fans. You have home field advantage that you couldn't even use because after the, the, the third game, it was done. The fourth game, you could get in the Yankee Stadium for 20 bucks. Right. And then, other than that, with Cam Thomas, obviously great put out in the last three games. It's not sustainable for a huge time, but do you think he's, like, legit a star? Yeah, so this is what I know about Cam Thomas. He's a bucket. He's a scorer. I don't think he'll be able to average 40, which has been nuts. Um, But, you know, they got Kyrie out of the way because they knew what this kid was in practice. They, They could see him on the bench not smiling. You know why he wasn't smiling? Because he's like, hey, I'm an NBA player. This is my second year. I've worked too. I can score on this level. And I'm not getting a chance. I'm getting DMP'd. Uh, and, and Kyrie, it's all about Kyrie and KD. Kyrie and KD, I'm ready to be a star too. So I'll say this. We knew about him. I've, I've watched his LSU highlights. People should just type in Cam Thomas LSU highlights and go see how this kid scored at will in college. He also did that in Vegas in the summer league his rookie year. He was the MVP of the summer league. So – Real Nets fans, we're not surprised by this. We know his bag. We know his game. We know he can score. What we want to do is see him develop and learn how to turn it on, when to turn it on, and also when to defer. Uh, There's going to come a time very soon where the league figures out how to stop him, um, but I I think he's going to be a guy in the NBA that's a consistent 25, 30-point scorer, and he's so young. Cool. Well, thanks so much, and great show. Thanks for the call, Alan. Uh, yeah, with Cam Thomas, he's, I mean, I've done an extensive podcast. I remember my guy, Hudson Flynn, who's a little younger than me. We had a episode where he's, you know, I was like, no way is this rookie going to crack the rotation. He's going to be on the bench. He's not going to play. And Hudson, before the season even started, he's like, I think you're going to be surprised. Like, the kick and score. And the Nets are going to need a score at some point, right? It can't always be KD, Kyrie, and you can't depend on Kyrie. You know, going into last season, Kyrie was out. I was like, I don't know. He's a rookie. Man, in the NBA, these rookies are going to play. Uh, you know, the Knicks fans saw tonight, Paolo Banchero, he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. He's a starter. He plays every night. He's one of the best players. And a lot of these kids are coming into the NBA ready to play the NBA style of basketball. There is a ton of shooting. There is a ton of scoring. And Cam, Th- Cam Thomas provides that. Uh, I-, I love that, like, the biggest thing we've seen post-Kyrie now, three games without Kyrie, is that Cam Thomas is ready to score for this team. He's a star already. He's a star. He's young. And he's got plenty of time. And you know what? The Nets own his rights. They drafted him. He's under contract. This kid is 21 years old. So when people try and laugh at the Nets for losing Kyrie, okay, we got the next score, right? Kyrie had some games this year 
where he put up over 40. He didn't put up four, uh, three games in a row over 40, right? Kyrie had some stinkers. Kyrie had some games this year where I don't even know what was going on. I mean, even against the Celtics, he was only able to score 20 because he's just overmatched. Cam Thomas is young. Cam Thomas is learning under Kyrie, right? He was learning under Kyrie. He's learning under KD. Stay tuned, folks. I don't think they trade him, but, you know, I also realized I said earlier that they won't trade him. I don't know. No, but nobody knows. His value is high right now. When Paulie was producing, he said, well, now everybody's seeing Cam Thomas. This is the time to trade him. I don't think that they look at him like that. I don't think they look at him as a trade piece. I think they look at him as a future. I think they realize, like, KD is going to want to leave. You know, KD, KD at being 35 this year at, at I think, his, like, 16th year in the league, he's going to want to be on a contender. And I think the Nets can contend. I think the Nets can compete. But in this East, it's a monster. If you just go through the um, just go through the standings and just go through the teams that are that are in the East, the top of the East, in my opinion, is pretty locked. There'll be some movement outside of the like top four, but it's the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, and now the Cavaliers have jumped the Brooklyn Nets since the Nets have lost the last couple games, and the Cavs have won the last three in a row. I think those teams are pretty much going to be locked there. Then there'll be movement between the Nets, the Heat, and the Knicks. That's why earlier in my show I kind of foreshadowed, hey, there's two games coming up uh, against the Bulls and the Sixers for the Nets that the Nets could lose those games. And then the Knicks coming up have games against the Sixers and the Utah Jazz that they could potentially win. Where Monday, that sets up a duel between the uh, Crosstown Rivals, Battle of the Burrows, Manhattan versus Brooklyn, where they could have the same record and be jockeying for a position in the standings. That'd be cool to see. The Nets have beat the Knicks nine times in a row, but something's got to give, right? This will be uh, the first time after Kyrie is not available. The, the Nets have beat the Knicks without Kyrie. I mean... Knicks fans remember what Cam Thomas did in the Garden last year. So Monday is going to be a great game. NBA will be front and center here in New York Monday right after the Super Bowl ends. Mike is down in Florida, Palm Coast. What's up, Mike? You're on the fan. Hey, it's the first time I'm calling you. Thanks for calling um, in. Appreciate it. I'm listening to the fan from day one, so I'm 56. So we have a little age difference. And I was listening to what you were saying about the LeBron stuff. And um, I also want to say I, I really enjoy all the new guys, the new era of shows. I like your show the best. Thank you. Um, I just like how you talk and your your knowledge of sports is, is good. Um, but the LeBron stuff, beyond the shadow of a doubt, every single statement you made about his stats and the kind of players, the GOAT and all that, 100%, no one could deny that. I dislike the guy. Personally, I dislike him. I think he made a mistake well, on the social media stuff. He says nothing but stupid stuff. He's anti-police. He rushes to judgment. With his platform, he, he's dangerous in the stuff that he says. Really stupid stuff. Unlike a guy, let's say, compared to like a Shaq. I mean, he's a model citizen, Shaq. He's, he's just a great guy. Not as good as LeBron, on the, of course, on the, on the 
course. But, but, dominant I mean, and, and a goat in his own right, too. You could say he's the goat center. I'm, I'm following you. Go, yo, go yeah, yeah. I'm a Ewing fan, Nick fan. But, you know, of course, Shaq. But I'm just talking about the only reason that I – the only thing that I dislike about LeBron is because he dissed the Knicks and didn't come here. But, I mean, he, he's personally <laughs> – He dissed the Nets, he, too. <laughs> You know, saying that the cops are hunting black men down. and stuff, That's really irresponsible to say stuff like that. With his platform, it, it's just you never catch a guy like Kobe Bryant or, uh, I mean, the guy was, you know, intelligence-wise, they all blow him out of the, out of the yeah, water. I'm not exactly sure if he used those words or exactly what tweet, but I know he has spoken out. Uh, and oh, I, and I don't I think, want to get into the detail. I, I can, I'm not going no, to take, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to take the show things. that way either. But I understand what you're saying uh, as yeah. far as him speaking out in some of those times, whether, you know, 2020, yeah. George Floyd, Black Lives Matter stuff. Um, no, it's, uh, not, I'm not saying everything he said is horrible, but he said so many horrible things. It, it, it's not worth getting into. I'm just making a comparison. He's no Kobe Bryant. He's no Michael Jordan. He's no Shaq as far as. A, a, on a personal level of, of a person. Other than that, he blows all those guys out of the water. He's done the most incredible things. The closest player, I think, is Kobe Bryant uh, because, you know, he's same kind of situation, high school phenom, young kid, you know, came into the league, instant domination, mm -hmm. you know, all that. But, um, of course, you know, you look at the numbers, there's uh, no comparison. Um, not And any eras, my last statement, Everyone who compares eras, Magic, Bird, Russell, Jordan, and, and LeBron, that's ridiculous. You play for the era you're in, yeah. and you dominate, and that's it. It's the same for every sport. Yeah. And that's it. And it was great talking to you, and I'll call you again. Thanks for the call, Mike. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue Bill Russell or Julius Irving or Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or LeBron as far as, like, they played in different eras. Uh, it was different officiating, different guys in the leagues, whatever. I just think we got to honor greatness. And, um, you know, LeBron's activism, being active uh, for, you know, against certain things or speaking out on political matters, you know, it depends on what side of the fence you're on. Some people dislike it. Some people appreciated that LeBron was willing to do that, right? Uh, black, black folks, especially athletes, have always had to fight like I was watching the Willie Mays documentary and it was like they were talking about how Jackie Robinson felt like Willie Mays needed to do more and Willie Mays felt like he was doing enough but in his own way I don't need to stand on a podium like you I'm doing my things quietly in my communities and you know with LeBron uh he's got a huge platform and he has spoken out I don't know exactly what tweet he said about anything with police um but I'm not trying to go that way either. I think this is a night where we celebrate LeBron, and I don't think he's been irresponsible with his platform at all. I think we we would know, like something would stick out uh, specifically where, like, you know, like with Kyrie. Obviously, Kyrie and the anti-Semitic movie he tweeted out. Like, LeBron's never doing anything like that. All right, we got a break here. Halfway through the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, call me up, 877-337-6666. Get the last word in. I've got about 30 minutes. You've got me till 2. Connor's coming up next. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. And we're back. A little bit after 11.30 on the fan. 11.30, 1.30. Don't even know what time it is. I need to go to sleep. But I won't. 
probably go to sleep till like four o'clock in the morning again. Keith McPherson on the fan, taking you till two. Connor Green coming up. He's in here. He's talking to Brian about all the trash he's going to talk on air. He's definitely going to drag LeBron. I'm just kidding, Connor. I know you're not going to do that. <laughs> Everybody's showing LeBron love online now. People are talking about where does LeBron rank in the top athletes of all time? Obviously, he's one of the basketball goats, if not the goat in basketball. Where do you rank him amongst other athletes? And I just thought about how last week I was clowning him. I thought it was great. One of those nights where I go home and I can't sleep and I'm watching Scott Van Pelt and they cut to LeBron. And LeBron's talking about, yeah, I grew up a sports historian. Where do I rank the NBA scoring title? With the home run record. And then LeBron goes on to say it was Hank Aaron's record. And then it was crazy watching Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire chase it and seeing them come up to the plate. Knowing that, wow, this could happen. <laughs> they can break. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Like, LeBron, stop, bro. <laughs> Quit capping. LeBron knows all, but he mixed up the home run records. He didn't mention Roger Maris. He didn't ma- mention Barry Bonds. He talked about the all-time home run record that Barry Bonds broke. <laughs> and Barry Bonds broke the single season record, but... He mentioned Hank Aaron's record and uh, <laughs> Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire chasing it and saying he remember watching that. And I'm like, yeah, you, but you weren't watching them chase Hank Aaron's record. They're not even top 10, I don't think. They were chasing the single season record on roids. And then later on came uh, Barry Bonds. But, yeah, shout out to LeBron again. Still taking LeBron calls. Steve is in Rockland on the fan. What's up, Steve? Oh, you know, I, I, I just want to, before I really get into the playing part of it, the, the previous caller was talking about LeBron and his platform and all these other things. Let's not forget that LeBron James's foundation, the money from that foundation, built, he built, he donated a school to underprivileged children before he was 35 years old. Yeah. In his hometown. Okay. His, his, how many of these other guys, you know, the other players that he mentioned, you know, had, did that as a charitable work? Look, this guy, and not only that, I, you know, I got to say that I remember the first time, you know, the first time stuff. I'm not that great at it, but I do remember the first time I ever saw LeBron James play basketball. I had the TV on with the sound on, and it was the McDonald's High School All-Star Game, Mm -hmm. okay? And I was wondering, who was the NBA player that they were allowing to play in this game? (laughs) Because I was watching with the sound off. I I was like, and I called somebody, I said, listen, this, this McDonald's High School game is on, and they got a guy from the NBA playing against these high school guys and it was it was LeBron I I mean and I said this guy and when I saw that he was a high schooler I said this dude is destined this is this is stardust he is starkest couldn't believe it and then on top of it never mind the scoring record Keith okay which is just we 
when you talk about the greatest athlete. So in basketball, look, there have been great players, all right? But who is in – LeBron is fourth. How is it possible that he holds the score, all-time scoring record when he has shared the ball, when yeah. he is fourth on the assist list? It's, it's ridiculous to actually think about. Like this guy is a basketball. Like his, it's it's his basketball IQ, his basketball mind. Like how many right plays he's made. He's given it up, it and he scored it when almost every time make make the right decision. And then and then on top of that, the cherry on top. He can defend all five positions on a basketball court at the highest level. I mean, who, you you really he's can't a robot. say that. It's like they literally made this basketball player in a lab. Like what he's able to do for this many years, and he's not done. He's done it for twenty no, and years. He is far from done. And not only that, how about the discipline to maintain his body? You know, he's not out running around. No. You know, he's not. No, out. he's he's in the gym. He's icing up after. He's in the gym. He's eating right, right? Like, they, they've talked about Incredible. that. His diet, he's not drinking alcohol. He, he drinks wine. No, he talks about the wine that he has. But he's not, like, boozing, hitting the hitting the Jack Daniels after the game. Like, And it's smart because that is what gives you longevity. Thanks for the call, Steve. Like, that is what we're talking about. A guy like LeBron is able to get to the point where he can break that record because he thought about being available. And there's so much thought in everything with LeBron. It's a ridiculous career that we've been able to see. All right, I got to break down again. Let's take the break. 877-337-6666. I'll line up my last calls, and I'll bring us home. Uh, Yeah, let's hit the break now so we can hurry up and do that. BRB. Yeah, buddy. 50. I will say after I was rocking with Paulie yesterday and he was playing all of the uh, 50 Cent instrumentals from Get Rich or Die Trying, I got in the car last night. I, re- I listened to Riscona, but then once I got in the tunnel, um, I turned on Get Rich or Die Trying. 20 years since that dropped, the sixth was when that dropped in 2003. And I put out a tweet. I'm like, I got to give 50 his flowers. Because I played that damn album so much. Listening to it last night, even when I got out of the car, put my headphones in, and listened to it last night, I, like, was transported in time. It it was crazy. I always say that about music. Like, music is a time machine. It can can help you time travel. If you don't hear a song for years and then uh, you hear it, it brings you back to where you were. And I'm like, man, I... I used to say so many of 50's lyrics from that album. I used to listen to so many of those songs over and over and over again. Shout out to Curtis Jackson. 50 Cent is another GOAT. There can be multiple, right? There can be multiple. Um, People say I'm (laughs) GOATed. Long way to go. But, like, people are putting me in a box of my town or my high school or my college or... Uh, you know, people that I worked with, like, yo, you're the goat that came from here or this, or you're the goat that did this. Like, there, there's a ton of goats. I don't know. Check the uh, 
goat population out there. They're not extinct. And we're celebrating another goat in LeBron tonight, and that's okay. You want greatness. We want to see greatness. We all want to watch greatness, and we did tonight. Dan is in Inglewood on the fan. Go for it, Dan. You got it. Hi, Keith. Um, I just wanted to take difference with you on your comment that Shaq would be the goat of centers. Uh, let's a let's Will not Chamberlain. Forget. I know is the goat of centers, but the most dominant well, center. I mean, Kareem was the guy that he that LeBron passed tonight. Yeah, Kareem, Kareem won six championships in the NBA, plus three in college. Shaq won nothing in college. He's won four championships, which is, you know, he was a great player. Shaq was a, a I'm great player, but Bill he Russell. Did, but he's not on the level of Kareem or Bill Russell. I, I, I don't know. Is I Bill find Russell's it tough number to... that everyone is wearing now. Yeah, and I mean, after he passed, they they decided yeah. to do that. It's tough to compare eras, especially when we're looking back to like the fifties, the sixties, like advancements have happened in every facet of the game and life. And I don't know when I look at what Shaq was able to do, Shaq to me was the most dominant and, you know, he, and he just recently put something out there cause KD said something to him. And he put out his resume, but yeah, I mean, I can appreciate you putting the resume out there of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or Wilt Chamberlain. They're just, I don't know. I just feel like they played so long ago. It's like hard to even compare. Like I watched, Shaq, but I know it's not just me, you know, it's anyone, um, anyone that feels that way. Thanks for the call, Dan. I mean, I, I, I know there's no way to win a GOAT conversation. That's why I don't really have them. They're not great for radio. They're not great one-on-one. They're, they're damn sure not good on Twitter. That's why there's multiple GOATs. There's multiple greatest of all time. What do you mean? You can't be the greatest. No, like, but everyone's a GOAT. That GOAT emoji, everyone's seen it. Everyone's used it. Go, 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 go. And I think that's fine. We don't always have to figure out who the absolute number one best is in everything because there's nuance to that. There's just different things. Like Wilt Chamberlain was playing in the 50s and 60s. Who was he playing against, right? Um, it was a different time in our country. Different time, like, I don't know. Like Shaq is playing in the 2000s and dominating. And, you know... I don't know. It's not. It's. I don't. I don't even have enough time to really have the full on conversation. I want to take my uh, most likely my last call. But what I'm saying is, eras are, are different eras. You know, that's another thing I say too about um, radio hosts. I think they know everything. I can't know everything. I didn't live long enough to see enough to know everything. You know, what I'm going off of is my vantage point. What I've been able to learn, and you know, me seeing some digitally remastered photos of Will Chamberlain, like. Yeah, he was dominant, and the numbers tell you he was dominant, but, like, like Shaq would have dominated him. I, I don't know. I look at Shaq as, like, the size Shaq had, the way that he dunked the ball, the way that he bullied guys, most dominant center. Maybe not the GOAT, but most dominant. And Shaq will say, I wasn't. I don't ever get mentioned. Shaq recently was talking about this. He's like, I don't ever get mentioned in the conversations of the GOATs, but he has his rings, and he was the most dominant player in the league for a while. It just depends who you ask. Basketball is tough. I think basketball is probably the toughest. Football, football, we can kind of carve out who the best quarterbacks of all time were. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Like, we we give Tom Brady the nod as the GOAT football player and quarterback, which isn't necessarily true, depending on who you ask with that, right? Like, Tom Brady's not fast. He's not strong. He's not, you know, 
not a physical specimen, but we're judging him off of what we judge everything off of, rings and championships. A lot of that is good fortune. A lot of that is luck. But him being able to consistently do it, right? We just gave Tom his flowers. I said when Tom was on, I heard like Craig and Evan, you know, going through his lowlights and trying to, you know, drag the guy. I'm like, I'm not going to be the guy to do that. I've been rooting for Tom Brady to retire since 2017. But I'm going to give him his flowers today. The one thing that I could look at Tom and say is, hey, he was an underdog. And that chip on his shoulder, it kept growing and growing, and he didn't care. He put in the work, and he wasn't satisfied. Win two Super Bowls, three Super Bowls, it's not enough. I'm going for seven. They think it's Bill Belichick. I'm going to leave Bill Belichick and go win another one. And then I'm going to get greedy and, you know, come back. I don't Even if my family doesn't want me to come back because I am the GOAT, and I'm trying to leave no doubt. I'm trying to crush records. I'm trying to win Super Bowls. So that when my time is up and they compare me to whoever's coming next, he's he's looking at Patrick Mahomes. Like, hey, if Mahomes plays another 10 years, maybe he catches me. But, I don't know. It's part of the conversation. That's what we do as sports fans. That's the conversation we have. Dave, Dave, in North Las Vegas. You're probably my last call. You got it. Okay, well, um, one thing is uh, I work many overnights. Uh, instead of melatonin, uh, look, look for a product you can get anywhere. Ollie, O-L-L-Y. Ollie will yes. will do. It's Swedish and it's natural and it's a lot. And again, trust me, it's a lot better. But I, I your opinion, and I, I find this egregious, is the new pickoff rule in baseball. My uh, my yeah. opinion of the new pickoff rule in baseball. Well, they're only allowed. The pitcher is only allowed to disengage twice. Oh no, I know it. Um, I don't. I don't know if I've given my opinion on it. It's all for speed. The pitch timer, the 15 seconds with the bases empty, 20 seconds with the runners on. MLB actually just put all this stuff out on their Twitter mm-hmm. yesterday. Nope, February 6th at 9.59 p.m. They put out the uh, new on-field rules. I don't really have an opinion on them until I see them. I want to see how much it alters the game, if at all, if I really notice. Even, like, the bigger bases – the shift limits, right? It's not a ban of the shift. It's just like limiting, you know, where you can put certain guys. Whatever. I understand what they're trying to do. It's pace of play. They feel like the game is too slow, and they, you know, want to attract outside fans that aren't really diehard baseball fans to be able to watch a game, so they're trying to implement things to speed it up. But if the pitcher is only allowed to uh, disengage twice with a step off or throw over, uh, and again, let's go back to a wonderful player like Ricky Henderson, how he was taking advantage of that. But now the uh, pitch out comes into play because the pitcher has limited options Mm -hmm. and he would have to rely on, obviously, the catcher's arm. And, again, if you have a runner on first base with a little bit of speed, he knows the third, you know, it's on the house. And it's going to be a little confusing for infield defenses. But uh, I really don't think it, it, it aids the game in any way. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see when, how much it happens uh, and when it happens and, and people's reaction to it. Um, because I just find, like, you know, in Yankee Stadium, when guys are stepping towards first base to throw the ball over, they get greeted with boos. Even if they do it once, boo, come on, throw the pitch, hurry up. And uh, now with there being a rule, it's got to be in these guys' minds. Some of these guys, like, think about, like, I don't think it's going to be Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander, but these guys are 40. They've been pitching for 30 years. They're kind of accustomed to, you know, certain things. And, uh, you know, what if they, I don't know, what if they, what if they end up in that situation and they forget, you know, um, I got to yeah. look up what the, what's the penalty there? Like, Oh, uh, it's a boy. It's, 
it's a your third, your third attempt, uh, whether it be a pickoff attempt or whatever, get him in a rundown. Well, again, rundown, that's regardless. But the third attempt um, would be an automatic balk. The runner advances to second base. My question is, though, also, if you step off the mound, say uh, there's a disturbance or somebody does something stupid or whatever, or, uh, you know, a wind gust comes, does that count as a step off? I think so. Yeah, think about it, right, in that regard. And uh, the, the more embarrassing part of baseball this year, and again, I'm 66, I'm a transplanted New Yorker, is the balance schedule. Um, it, it is, it, it's incredible that all, everybody has to play everybody. We lose the great 18 games or 19 games against Boston, even Tampa Bay and Toronto. I enjoyed, and Baltimore, I'm sorry, uh, I enjoyed those games. And now, now it's down to uh, twelve to thirteen that you get to play these guys. Yeah, because baseball wants to expand themselves in some fashion that I personally don't understand. Uh, the fact that uh, you know, who cares if we could play you know Arizona and Colorado? It means nothing. I mean, it means nothing to me or anybody else. I'd rather have them being playing the uh, the teams that are around us. Yeah. Next is expansion and then realignment. Thanks for the call, Dave. Uh, I saw Evan put out today. Jim Bowden's proposed realignment. I probably have a minute or less to try and get this off. Uh, in the Midwest, the Cubs, the White Sox of Chicago, the Brewers, and the Twins. The Southwest would be the Astros, the Royals, the Cardinals, and the Texas Rangers. The Pacific Coast League <laughs> Division, the Rockies, Athletics, Mariners, Giants. The West would be the Diamondbacks, Angels, Dodgers, Padres. The East would be Red Sox, Mets, Yankees, Phillies. North would be Reds, Guardians, Tigers, Blue Jays. Mid-Atlantic will be the Orioles, Charlotte's expansion team, the Pirates, Nationals. Southeast would be the Braves, Marlins, Rays, and Nash- Nashville and their expansion team. So look look for that. I think uh, that's on, on Evan Roberts' Twitter. And MLB just put out a whole article on the new rules and why they're doing this stuff, whatever. We don't get a say. Uh, until we're in the ballparks, and that'll be soon. Thanks for listening to my show. Stay tuned for Connor. He's going to rock. I think he's got from now until 5. I'll be back at 7 p.m. for a 5-hour KM to AM. See you then. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. 
at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.